Michael, this is all very confusing. This is On Markets with Remy Tino and Mike, the podcast where we decrypt and demystify economic, financial, and other investing concepts. Today, we're going to dig into Tino's most recent publication, which talks about day trading and five key attributes of a successful day trader. Uh, this is a bit of an odd topic for you to write about, Tino. I wouldn't go as far as to say you're against day trading, but uh, you do tend to preach the value of long-term investing. So when I read it, I was a little bit shocked. Yeah, I was kind of hoping to raise a few eyebrows. If you'd like to read this latest publication or anything that Tino has written, head over to investwithdarwin.com and check out our publication section. There's tons of great material to learn from. If you have any questions, comments, or would like us to discuss your financial situation on the show, email us at comments at onmarkets.com. Also, if you like the show, don't forget to hit the follow button on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever podcast platform you prefer. So, Tino, are these traits ranked in any specific order, or is it just you just need to have all of them, all five of them? You know, that's a good question. I didn't put much thought into that. I think you really need to have all of them. There, there's probably one or two, I think, that stand out the most. Uh, the first would be the last on the list, actually, is having some type of an edge. That's really, really important. And, and it's not necessarily... I mean, you could. we're talking about trading stocks here, but you could, you could apply having an edge to really anything in life, right? I mean, think about if you're running a business, you know, if you're Coca-Cola, how do you patent your formula? If you're Google, how do you protect your source code? That type of an edge or differentiator is really what's going to allow you to compete in the hyper-competitive world of day trading. Uh, so I would say that the edge probably would be the number one. So let's talk about that for a second. So when you say an edge, like give me an example of what that actually means. Yeah, you know, that's a good question. An edge is something that you see or you can find that others don't see. It, whether it's a pattern in stock prices or let's say you've got a specialty uh, in a market, let's say you understand a market a little bit better than somebody else. We always talk about Mike and he always seems to buy homes in Tampa. You know, that's a good example where, you know, that's not stock related, but that's a market. It's a housing market. And he tends to have a little bit more information than somebody, let's say, like myself. So his edge is understanding the market and the streets and the neighborhoods better. Uh, When it comes to stocks and trading, being able to see something, like I said, that nobody else sees is incredibly valuable. But here's the thing. It doesn't last. Most of the time, if you have an edge, it almost never lasts because once you start doing well or success breeds competition or the competition sniffs out success, however you want to look at it, and almost always edges get competed away out over time. So the, one of the key attributes of trading is not just having an edge, but is recognizing when your edge is gone or it's, or it's losing its luster or its power and knowing when to pivot and look for something else. So here's my question about the, the edge thing. Yeah, you, you analogized it to sort of my buying and selling homes in, in Tampa. And it's actually all within a, a very small neighborhood in Tampa. And my edge is that I live there. I walk my dog up and down those streets every single day. I literally see what's happening. I talk to people. We have an employee that's actually trying to buy a, a home in that neighborhood who lives in another city right now. And he's, and he's struggling, right? Because he doesn't have the edge that I have. But that's so specific with stocks and bonds and, and everything else, everything market related. I mean, the information's out there for everybody. It's, it's everywhere. I mean, how is it even possible to get an edge? It's getting harder. It's getting a lot harder. 20, 30, 40 years ago, fewer participants in the market. There was a lot less uh, technology being used to look for those types of edges and those patterns and all the stuff that people are looking for when they day trade. It's getting harder. It's gotten a lot harder. And I think it will continue to get harder because the market is so much more competitive. And I think one of the big reasons for that is that it's so easy to become a day trader. 
Now, and that's the paradox. It's so difficult to be successful. But I mean, think about how hard it is to start day trading. What do you do? You open up, you take out your iPhone, download Robinhood or whatever app you want to use, link your bank account. In five minutes, you could be trading stocks. There are no certifications required. You don't need to have an apprenticeship or a clerkship. You don't need to have a fancy degree from an Ivy League school. Anybody can do it. So it's attracted a ton of competition. So I'm curious for, for football fans out there, in every few years, you have a team that maybe they, they draft a, a somewhat unique player or they have a, a new coordinator who draws up unique plays or something. And that team seems to, to have an edge over everybody else for three or four or five games. But eventually, all of the other teams figure out what's going on. And what you see most often is they start to copy it, right? And they always call the NFL the copycat league. How often does that happen? I would think that's got to happen and, and much quicker than it does in the NFL, I would think. Oh, you can, you can lose an edge in, in minutes. If you think about the world of high-frequency trading where you've got computers and algorithms moving money at almost at the speed of light, uh, you're, you're talking about edges sometimes only last for a couple seconds or minutes or hours or whatever it may be. So you're absolutely right. It moves so fast these days. You know, that, I think that goes back to the crux of my argument, or at least the beginning, is that you can be successful as a day trader. I mean, I've met a number of them. The, the problem is it's incredibly difficult. It's so hard to find that edge. It's so hard to stay disciplined and tenacious and just continue to trade no matter what the environment is. And to be blunt, I don't think there are many people out there that have it. I, don't, I know I don't have it. I'm not a trader and I don't try. All right, so let's move on to the next one. The next one I would say is one that we do discuss quite a bit as long-term investors as well, uh, the ability to suppress all emotion. To, to trade, if you think about watching the market, this is one of the reasons why I don't like to trade is that if I start watching the S&P 500 during the day going up and down, up and down all over the place, uh, you start to get obsessed with it. You start thinking, okay, what's it going to do next? What's it going to do? And I don't have a process. I, don't, I can't think of a way to take these ups and downs and make money off of them consistently. Uh, but what can happen though is your emotions can take over. You can start getting really excited about the direction the market's going. Let's say you have a big win and you, your, your process, your, you should be disciplined. It tells you you should sell, but you don't do it. And that can really, really cause problems for you. Or for that matter, you know, loss aversion, you panic during market downturns. All these different emotions that cause us to uh, make big, big mistakes. Professional traders, the best ones that I've met, they don't have those emotions. Or if they have them, they're really good at hiding them or suppressing them. And because trading for them is a job, it's, it's, a, it's almost like a, it's very process driven and methodical. And they don't get scared. They don't get excited. And they just go and trade and do their job. Seems like that'd be the same mentality that like a, a professional gambler would have, right? A professional poker player or somebody that goes to to Vegas and plays blackjack for a living, right? I'm not a big gambler, but you know, if I happen to be somewhere at a blackjack table, I'll sit down and I'll play a few hands. And if I win two or three hands in a row, I get the urge to bet more money. I know it's not logical. I know there's no, there's nothing to base that on, but it feels like I have momentum and it feels like I want to bet more money. And it, it's it's a weird thing. And I, I got to think it's the same sort of mentality that you get as a day trader, or the same sort of emotions you feel as a day trader. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any question. I, I, I tend to hesitate comparing uh, investing and trading to gambling, but there are a ton of parallels between the two. Uh, no question about it. And you think about the professional gamblers, the house has an edge. Yes, I get that. But the ones that do the best tend to be very disciplined, which is actually one of the other characteristics on the list. And they, they tend to be able to manage their emotions better than they are. I mean, look at, look at the World Series of Poker every year, or not every year, but most years. It tends to be the same faces that show up every year, even though the pool of applicants seems to get larger and larger every year. 
So you already alluded to it, but I was gonna I was gonna say it anyways that this sort of uh, goes right right along with with another one on your list, which is discipline. Yeah, the discipline is it, it's a tough one. You know, it's it, it's it's also an all encompassing trait too because it is about finding a process, defining the process, being methodical, as I mentioned, but then just sticking to it at least until you realize it's not working or you can adapt it or make it better. Because look, markets change. They, 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 they adapt all the time. You got to be able to stay disciplined to a process, but at the same time, know when that process needs to be adjusted. I don't think there are a lot of people out there that realize how much work that goes into trading. These individuals do not treat this like a hobby. It's not like I know you see those commercials on TV, those you know, with the, from the broker saying, "Hey, you know, go spend thirty minutes in your in your office trading stocks, walk out, and then play with your kids for the other eight hours of the day, and you've you know you don't have to go go to your job anymore." That's not really how it works with traders. They wake up early, they work all day. When they're not trading, they're managing their trade logs, they're testing, they're looking for new ways, new edges, anything they could find to make their markets better. It is a level of discipline that, frankly, I don't think a lot of people have. The best analogy I could use here, think about like you know, a professional athlete. Professional athletes view their sport much differently than those that like to play it for fun. So you have to have a process put in place. And when things get emotional, you have to have the discipline to stick to that process. But another trait is patience. The first three, as you were saying them, I was thinking, oh man, you know what? That's really important. That's really important. Ah, that one's really important. And now we come to this one. And I go, maybe this one's the most important and, and the most challenging because patience is a tough one. It's tough not in trading. It's tough in life. I mean, in everything. Uh, everything. I hate waiting in line. I hate it. It's it has caused me to make so so many bad mistakes in my life to avoid waiting for things. When it comes to trading, I, I use the analogy of imagine you know a predator in the jungle and they have the pick of whatever prey that walks by and they got to sit there and say, okay, is that one stronger than me? Is this one poisonous if I eat it? Whatever it may be. And the ones that survive the longest tend to be the ones that are patient. They know exactly what they're looking for and they're going to wait for it to arrive. I've traded before in my life and the biggest mistake or the biggest risk that you can run into, and Mike almost alluded to it earlier when he talked about winning at gambling, is that if you get a couple trades, if, if your edge or, or what you're looking for comes along a couple times, you find it and you make money off of it, what's going to happen psychologically is you're going to start looking everywhere for that. And you're going to start saying, okay, well, this one that came along, it's not exactly what I'm looking for but it's kind of close. Okay, I'm going to try that out. And you're going to start lowering your standards, lowering your standards, and at some point, you're going to get creamed. And that's the difficult thing when it comes to, when it comes to trading. Uh, I know a lot of traders, they go by a couple days and, and they don't trade anything because they're looking for what they're looking for, specific, for something specific and they're not seeing it. And that's a really hard thing to do. If your job is to trade and you're not trading, you tend to go a little crazy. Like you said, it is everywhere in life. So I'm currently in the process of looking for a new home. And we've been looking for about a month. I think the first two weeks, my wife and I picked out like three houses that we really liked a lot. We're like, these are perfect. You know, these are the homes we want. All three of them are gone. And since then, there, there's nothing on the market that, that's really interesting. But a couple of days ago, we're looking through houses and I'm like, oh, you know what? This one's not so bad. She's like, oh, this one's not so bad. And I don't know, about two hours in, I'm like, why are we looking? These houses suck. Like, I hate these houses. I don't know why we're looking at these houses. But you realize, you know what? We've, we've lowered our standards because there's just nothing else available and we want to make a move. Just sitting around waiting for something that we want to come on the market is miserable. 
And it's hard to recognize that unintentionally you're compromising on something that you don't want that doesn't make any sense because it's just the only thing available and you don't want to sit there and wait. Yeah, I mean, even it even happens to investors, the long-term investors that are, you know, not, I won't call them buy and hold, but you know, Mike, how many times have you have we dealt with clients that have walked in the door frustrated because they don't feel like we're trading enough? You know? Oh, I know. And you know, it happens all the time. They they because I think there's a there's a natural tendency to to equate activity to progress, and it's a hard dis, it's a hard thing to disassociate, particularly when again your job is to do that specific thing. My job as an investor is to buy and sell stocks. Traders buy and sell stocks a lot of times. And when they're not doing it, they don't feel productive. Well, that's the real estate thing for me too, right? You, you said mm-hmm. it yourself, you know, every time we talk about it, you go, you know, you guys should, you should do this for a living. You know, the reason I've probably been successful at it is because I don't do it for a living and I don't have to do it. You know, I don't, I'm not constantly looking every single day for something to buy to make money on. If I happen to stumble across something, I'm in a position to do it, I do it. But if I had to do it, I would probably not, I would probably make some poor decisions. So I think the common theme of the first four things on this list are that while they're very important attributes to have in regards to day trading, they're all very important attributes to just have in real life as, as just a, a person, right? And, and none, none so much as, as probably this last one, which is passion. If, if you don't have passion for what you're doing, what's the point of doing it? It's tough. I mean, they always they always say if you want to be successful, don't don't do your job for the, for the money, uh, which is a hard thing, particularly in finance when everything is so financially driven and money driven. But if you don't have a true passion for trading, you will never succeed. And the the, the biggest challenge here is that trading is hard. We talk about the emotional component, being patient and all that. Yeah, you know, if you go on a loose losing streak and a long losing streak. Go back to this theme a lot in the piece is that traders keep trading no matter what. And to have that tenacity and that endurance, I think endurance is probably the better word here. To be able to do that is very, very difficult unless you love what you do. I mean, when you talk to traders, the ones that are really good at this at this job, they're excited. They don't use they don't need an alarm clock in the morning when they wake up. They get out, they do their job. And they don't do it for adding another comment to their bank account. Although that is a nice feature of the business too, when you're right. It's interesting when you talk to traders, that, like you said, successful traders, it's, it's almost like a trade. And I'm going to qualify that statement. A trade is, is an entry and exit. It's almost like a, a trade for these guys is like an experience because you talk to them and they'll tell you about a trade they made it you know, four years ago. And they can remember it and they get excited about it as if you know, it just happened five minutes ago. And I'm like, wow, that's great. You bought it this and you sold it this. Hey, awesome. And I forgot about two seconds later. These guys, they remember it. They think about it. They, they analyze it. They remember it as like it was a good time. It's like, a, it's like they, they went on a vacation and they can remember this trade as if it was like this great experience. It's very odd. Oh, I've met a couple that, that treat stocks like children almost. To your point, they love the trade, but they go back to it over and over again. It's like, oh yeah, this is my little kid over here. They just, they get so excited when they get the opportunity to get back in a stock or some type of a trade, whatever it may be. Yeah, it's wild. So I, I mentioned it in the intro that I thought it was kind of odd that you wrote about this uh, this week. So I'm curious, what was the, the impetus for this, this article? I thought I'd, I'd try to raise a couple eyebrows because I, I do, I look back, I do tend to trash trading quite a bit. And it's simply because, and I'll and just be full, full disclosure, it's because I don't think I'm very good at it. So <laughs> I'm like, I think that's garbage. I don't want to trade. Why would I trade when I could invest over here? No, I, I talk about passion. I love to invest for in innovative companies and industries that are going to change the world. And that doesn't bode very well for, for short-term trading. But yeah, you know, I think, and admittedly, I think a lot of other people like myself and a lot of pundits say you can't make money day trading. It's just not true. 
You absolutely can. But like I said, it's just very difficult. So what I wanted to do is really put some thought into of all this, all these traders that I've met out there, what were some of the common themes that, I, that I've come across and use it as a way for, for that matter, for younger people that are thinking about getting in the business to show them what it takes and to be blunt, to warn others that if you don't have this, stay on the sidelines, find something else. You know, you, you don't need a day trade to get to your financial goals and you don't need to do what I do, which is long-term investing to get there either. You got to find whatever strategy suits you best, because if you don't, it's going to feel like a right shoe on a left foot. I feel like there are many professions out there that you don't have to be that good at to survive, right? You can go get a job as, you know, I don't want to trash any profession, so, but whatever, you can go get a job and you can be mediocre at that job. And you're probably going to keep that job for however long you want it. And as long as you don't do anything egregious, you're going to be employed doing whatever you're doing. But there are other professions that you have to be the best of the best to survive. And this is that profession, in my opinion. You, you can't be a quote-unquote passive day trader. It, it, it is not a passive profession. It is an active profession. And you have to be on top of it every day. You, Like you said, you have to have the discipline, the emotional control, the passion, the patience, and you have to practice these things every day in and out and in and out in order to make this work. So I think, I think I'm about two for five on those qualities. <laughs> I don't think I can do it. And I, look, I think th that's important. I, I would hope that most investors would have an honest discussion with themselves and or at least look into themselves and say, okay, do I have these? And, and I think it's, I think the best thing you can do as an, as an investor or a trader is to recognize that this is either for you or not for you. And, and I'm glad I can say that I'm not a trader because guess what? Now I can focus more closely on what I think I'm actually pretty good at and not have to dilute myself or spread myself too thin to incorporate things that truthfully, they're just not for me. I don't feel like I have to do it either. So basically for anybody looking to get into the day trading world, if you're not a robot, maybe you should think about a different profession. <laughs> This podcast is created and presented by Darwin Asset Management, LLC and Darwin Advisors, LLC, collectively referred to as Darwin. Darwin does not make any representation or warranties and therefore takes no responsibility as to the accuracy, timeliness, suitability, completeness, or relevance of any information contained in this podcast. Any tax or legal information contained in this podcast is general in nature. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. The information presented does not involve the rendering of personalized investment advice. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk and there can be no assurance that any investment or strategy will be suitable or profitable for a client's portfolio. All investment strategies have the potential for profit and loss. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Information presented is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation of any offer to buy or sell the securities mentioned herein.